after further review as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. He is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. further review and guess who we got back on the phone lines it's my main man my main man brian bucky that's who we got on the phone lines and uh brian bucky once again welcome back to after further review and uh we got something for you here let me see if it'll pull up see here there we go you like that you like that that's right got that kirk cousins you like that you like that uh <laughs> as brian bucky's back here on the phone lines brian how was your summer actually it was good um i got to take a few weeks vacation here before the for the madness starts of football and uh men's women's basketball so it was nice it was relaxing and then we're ready to get back at it yeah, and you, you started it. It's usually the your your season actually starts. It was a couple of weeks ago with the uh, Mac Media Day, and how was that going for you up there in the Mac Media? I haven't been there in two years actually, but usually the Mac Media Day means that hey, you know what? We uh, it's time for the season to start. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the unofficial start to the um, to the football season and. It was good to be up there in Detroit, get a chance to talk with, you know, the UT guys. They had Cody Thompson and Richard Olakana up there. We got to talk to them and obviously talk to Coach Candle and some of the other, you know, coaches. It was good. And and they basically with with where it it began the season kind of begins there the season also ends there and that's where the University of Toledo ended their season as they ended up being MAC champions but in the preseason poll they're picked to only be second in their own division uh, but then you had an article where it had several questions that Toledo likely would have to be asked before it prepares for the new season obviously the number one is. Who will play quarterback? I mean, Logan Woodside is gone, a very prolific passer, a future Rocket Hall of Famer. He's now down with the Cincinnati Bengals. But who's going to be playing quarterback? Yeah, that's the, the question that has been the question in spring throughout the summer, and it will be, you know, the question, you know, for most of fall camp until they make that decision. So uh, the the two main guys are, are Mitch Guidani, who, you know, has seen a little bit of time just in – Backup duties for, for Logan Woodside, not much. Um, he's kind of a dual, dual threat. He can run the ball um, pretty well and for a quarterback. And uh, he put up some prolific numbers in high school at Hudson High School. Um, so that's the first uh, first guys in the competition. And then the next one is Eli Peters, who's a little bit more of an unknown just because he, he hasn't played a snap uh, in game action. But He's another talented kid. He's from Jacksonville, Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those two are actually pretty good, pretty good friends. It seems like, and they're they're kind of, uh, you know, staying close through this whole uh, quarterback battle. Mm-hmm. Now, also in your article, you mentioned that 
those two guys could be in the competition. But the 2018 recruiting class has some got a couple of guys in uh, Carter Bradley and Cross Wilkinson. Yeah, those are you know really highly touted guys. Um, Carter Bradley is also from Florida. Cross Wilkinson from West Virginia. I think Coach Candle did some at Mac Media Day said something along the lines of, you know, those kids are too talented not to be, you know, considered for this for this job. So that's another thing to kind of pay attention to a little bit in camp and and see if one of those guys kind of puts their name in the in the mix. And then, obviously, now they have plenty of weapons to throw to. They got Cody Thompson, Deontay Johnson, and John Vay Johnson returning. So they don't they don't have a lack of weapons. Now, obviously, uh, Swanson is gone at, at uh, running back, and obviously they're not going to rely on Kareem Hunt. Who's going to be the, the, the running back this season? Is it Art Tompkins? Or? Um, I think probably Shaquise was the leading, leading guy, and then with you know recent news of Brian Kobach being eligible, um, I think he'll get a, a fair share of carries too. Um, he was kind of featured a little bit in the spring, and um, he looked good in his limited limited carries in the spring. So um, that's something to watch. But I mean, Shaquille Seymour was a little bit banged up this this spring, but he didn't play in the spring game. So I think Shaquille will play a large role. Kobach uh, will be mixed in a little bit, and then like and then Tompkins, like you said, will kind of be used as a and change the pace back, and but I think he'll get some carries as well. And then now number two will be who? How will the linebacker and defensive line depth turn out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have a lot of a lot of names at the position. Um, they lose, you know, Juwan Juwan Woodley, the senior linebacker, um, and Jack Lynch, who provided some depth. Um, Jordan Fisher, the tight end, is pushing over the linebacker. And it sounds like he's looked pretty good in his uh, transition over to defense, so that'll help out. We have Tyler Tate returning, Richard Oldcomer returning. So there's some bodies there. They have to you know, develop a few more guys who can get in and, and play effectively. And on the defensive line, they you know they lose all their Danny at defensive end. Mm-hmm. Marquis right defensive tackle. So um, guys like Nate Childress will have to step up. Uh, Tudor Skipper comes back from injury. Mm-hmm couple other names there, but um, they want to use they want to use a deep uh, kind of rotation at that position to get fresh bodies in. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, who are some of the names that kind of step up at at both linebacker and defensive line or defensive line. And then, how will the Rockets guard against complacency? Um, you like you mentioned, there was a lot of things that did go right for Tulio last season in their run of the MAC title. Um, obviously, Logan Woodside was there. Um, mm-hmm. and you, you mentioned can can they maintain their focus? But then again, though, this is a kind of like a whole new group of rockets. And do you think maybe they're trying to prove themselves? Like, okay, last year those guys won the MAC championship, but we're gonna try to have our identity and try to at least go back to back, but also win a championship for ourselves. Yeah, I think there's always that. I mean, every season's a new kind of clean slate. You know that we like to talk about the the repeat, and I don't know if they if they necessarily think of it as a repeat or you know kind of a you know a new journey with with new players and, and new faces that are going to step into key positions. Mm-hmm. Um, but they got that experience, which is always good. A lot of players coming back got that you know got that experience of what it takes to actually you know go through a season and win the Mac West and then and then go to that championship game and win that game. So that experience definitely 
shouldn't be taken lightly, but at the same time, I think the coaches and players would tell you they're treating it as a, you know, as a brand brand new uh, new season and, and are taking it from from there. I'm looking over at the schedule. This is a pretty interesting schedule. Saturday, September 1st, they play VMI in Toledo. Then you get a week off, a bye week, and then you play the U coming up to Toledo, which is actually pretty interesting considering they played the U last year down there. And uh, it was a pretty good game for about three three and three-thirds quarters, and then the U kind of pulled away. Uh, do you think they could probably knock off the U um, on September 15th? Yeah, that'll be really tough. Um, well, um, I think I saw that Miami's preseason top ten, I believe, in the preseason coaches poll. So that's a tough team coming in. Obviously, you know, big time program. So it'll be should be a great atmosphere at the Glass Bowl. And you know, like you said last year down at Miami, they Toledo basically had a chance to be leading at halftime and. You know, then it kind of got away from them a little bit, you know, late in the game, but they still showed pretty well at, at Miami. So it should be an interesting game. I have to say Miami's a little bit uh, uh, favorite, obviously, but it should be an interesting uh, interesting game, and I don't know if it'll help that they have that, you know, week off, extra week to prepare for them, so that'll be interesting as well. An early off week. That's kind of strange, I kind of think, especially yeah. early in the season. I, I would never want an early off week. Uh, then they play Nevada uh, at the Glass Bowl. So their first three games are at home, VMI, Miami, Nevada. Um, once again, they played Nevada last year on the road and they came away with the victory. But usually when you play a lot of teams like Nevada out there out west, they're really physical. And uh, let's face it, I'm going to go ahead, too. They got Fresno State the week after. Um, yeah. at Fresno, but when you look, we've talked about this before on this show, your out-of-conference games are great, but when you're playing some good competition like Miami, Nevada, eh, Fresno State you can kind of throw in there. Uh, you want to yeah. get come away with no injuries, and you've been talking about the depth on the defensive side. You know, Is that a concern for the Rockets? Like, hey, you know, we want to play well against these teams, but we don't want to get out of here beat up. Yeah, I think that's always the case in the, in the non-conference. You want to be Often coming into the conference season, because that's kind of uh, the main focus every year, and the goal is to even win the conference first. Um, so you try not to get, get people beat up and, and have those you know nagging injuries or even serious injuries and then to the to the conference slate. And then after Fresno State, you begin your conference against your rival October 6th against Bowling Green up at Toledo. I like this because I I think they should go to this, and I know it's unfortunate to say this, but the rivalry game needs to be early. I mean, it, it probably should be, probably be the first game of the, of the conference uh, when you start off your conference slate because the fans are passionate. When it's, when it's earlier in the year, the weather's still good. I mean, early early October, we still have kind of like an Indian summer, even though it's kind of fall. But it just seems like you take more advantage. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure, though, this might be during fall break, though. That, that could be a, a mistake they do there. But it just seems like when you have it closer to the end of the season and it's cold and it's close to Thanksgiving, you don't get a lot of people out there unless maybe the both teams are ranked or have something to play for. Do you think this is a good idea, moving it back up? the schedule? Yeah, I think so. I think it, I think it should be a, a great atmosphere for the Glass Bowl again. Um, it, was, it was great, you know, two years ago when they had that um, Saturday home game. So, mm-hmm. get a 3.30 start, 
you know, on a Saturday. Should be good weather, you know. I mean, if it doesn't rain, it should be good good weather. Um, that would be a, a fun kind of, you know, rivalry game. Uh, mm-hmm. I know last last year at Bowling Green was one of those action nights, and I just didn't really have that, you know, rivalry feel, really. It was, you know, mostly empty. When Green State, um, you know, stadium. Well, it also doesn't help either if one of the teams is pretty poor. I mean, right. <laughs> let's face it, if one of the teams is pretty poor and it's on a match yeah. night, you're not going to get right. any fans. Right. But two years ago, yeah. you were right. I forgot about that. Cream Hunt scored the, the game-winning touchdown at the end. But that was a really good game considering that BG was supposed to be the the main the major underdog and actually came out and kind of punched Toledo in the mouth early on. Yeah, um, yeah, Toledo needed that late square by Kareem Hunt to come away with the win. So, um, yeah, I mean, anything can happen in these, you know, those games. And, but I think it's good for the, for the rivalry to have it on Saturday, kind of showcase it a little bit and get those fans out to the, to the game. I know Bowling Green's probably a little upset. I would think that they didn't get a Saturday game when they hosted Toledo last year, but, um, that's just kind of the way it goes, I guess. Yeah, you're, you're at the mercy of ESPN and, um, I, like I said, I don't understand why they want to do that on the matching. I mean, Bowling Green UT, you know, on a Saturday. I guess regionally it's better, but you know, ESPN doesn't really care. They don't. I mean, let's face it. In the MAC, there's only a handful or less than a handful of teams that are really good. And you want you want to put something interesting on television. You know, that's what basically sells. And sometimes the little Bowling Green rivalry um, is pretty good. Not to mention, let's face it. ESPN saw what happened the year before, so they probably thought, well, that might, you know, duplicate. Like last year, they probably thought it was going to get duplicated, but instead, Bowling Green was just a, a terrible team. Moving forward, they play Eastern Michigan uh, up in Ipsy. Uh, that should be an interesting one. They've, they've, they're not the same old Eastern Michigan uh, Eagles. Yeah. Um, followed by Buffalo at noon at the Glass Bowl on Saturday, October 20th. Then they play on Thursday. That's when we get kind of in the matching kind of deal with Western Michigan up at Kalamazoo. The last time they were up there, that was when uh, P.J. Fleck and the boys were rowing the boat, and they really rowed the boat on Toledo going on that <laughs> magical season that they had. But now it looks like Toledo might be able to get their get back. I mean, they got their get back last year, but they can go back up there and get their get back up in Kalamazoo. Mm-hmm. Um, then they fell, followed by Ball State on Wednesday, October 31st at the Glass Bowl. And then here's the big one. Um, and actually, it's a little earlier. They start really kind of the matching a little earlier um, with October 25th and then, the, you know, October 31st. Wednesday, November 7th, Northern yeah. Illinois. That's going to be the big game uh, last year. Um, it wasn't too much of a big game. Uh, two years ago, though, they went over to uh, a guaranteed rate ballpark. I like to call it uh, the new Comiskey because, uh, you know, my family's from Chicago, so we know it as the new Comiskey basically. And they beat Northern Illinois, beat the streak, even though they weren't able to get to the MAC championship game that year. The following year they did. This could be another big game to prove themselves because Northern Illinois was picked ahead of them in the preseason poll. Yeah, absolutely. Northern Illinois returns a lot of uh, key players. and They have a great defense like they usually do. And they should have another great defense this year. Um, they get their quarterback back, Marcus Childers, and you know they have some talent around them. And it just... Just a solid team all around. So that should be a, you know, a great game, and it could be a deciding game really in the MAC West. Right, and then they play Kent State at Kent. That's on the CBS Sports Network on Thursday, and then usually on Black Friday, it looks like they'll be ending their season uh, at home against Central Michigan. 
Friday, November 23rd, they'll probably be with 11 or 1 o'clock start, uh, depending on what they uh, they want to do. Uh, did you, you talked to Matt Campbell, or excuse me, Jason Candle. Man, Matt Campbell's a few years ago. Jason Candle you actually talked to. What were, what were your feelings of how he thought the season was going to go this year? I think he was, I think he was excited for this for this season for sure. I think uh, he kind of wants to see you know some you know kind of new leaders emerge, and I think uh, you know it's, it's big to have a guy like you know Cody Thompson coming back, who's kind of been through kind of everything in his career really, and you know with that injury last year, he's able to kind of you know take a leadership role when he was you know on the sidelines and kind of people on and, and coaching them up even on the sidelines, but I think I think they had a really good group of senior leaders last year, so I think Candle's helping to develop that again, you know, this season, but I think there's young guys that he's kind of counting on, and I know, you know, his last two recruiting classes, the last three maybe, even have been the best in the max, so um, it might be time for some of those young guys to step in and, and kind of make a name for themselves. Um, but I think there's a kind of a sense of excitement with this team. I know there's some unknowns, especially, you know, not knowing who their quarterback is at the, you know, or will be to start the season. But um, I think there definitely is uh, an optimism uh, in the team. Now let's talk about, now there's going to be two players we're going to talk about have interesting stories, and they're going to probably have interesting seasons. Cody Thompson and uh, Kobach. Uh, uh-huh. Thompson was having a great senior season. Until uh, he had a leg injury against Eastern yeah. Michigan, uh, he had 537 receiving yards and four touchdowns. Uh, what 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 is his what is his outlook at, and what has he learned from the injury, and what do you think he's going to probably do this upcoming season? As we got Brian Bucky from the Little Blade here on after further review. I think he's going to have a, another big season. He's back to 100. Um, percent That he feels almost even stronger than he than he did pre-injury. So. Um, he's just a guy who's a really, really good athlete and obviously a great, you know, very skilled receiver. So um, he should be in line for another great season. Like you said, the wide receiver group is absolutely loaded for Toledo. Mm-hmm. You know, with John Day, Deontay, that's not even to mention guys like, you know, Bryce Mitchell, Danzel, McKinley Lewis, Devin Phillips, and it just kind of goes on and on. But um, they're expecting, you know, big things again from from uh, Cody because he's, he's back 100% and he should be one of the main targets for you know whoever ends up winning that quarterback job. Mm. And that's that's pretty good. And now we go. The big thing here is Kobach eligible to play this season for Toledo, as Brian Kobach played for Springfield, broke his leg in the middle of his season at Springfield, went down to Kentucky. It, it just didn't really work out. Now he's up here. Uh, with him being immediately eligible to play this season, does that really solidify the backfield? And how much of an impact can he have for these Rockets? Yeah, I think he can have a huge impact. Um, obviously, he's a, he's a very good, um, very good talent. You know, coming out of the you know Toledo area, Springfield High School. Um, he just—I don't think he could really work back from his injury quite last last season with uh, Kentucky. So they they registered him and. Uh, Made a decision to come back, you know, closer to home and, and come to Toledo. Um, so he's got that, you know, SEC level, you know, talent. Mm-hmm. What you know, Kentucky saw in him, and, and that's going to be, you know, on display, uh, 
athlete of this this season, and he he was impressive in the spring game, which is kind of like the first glimpse for you know Toledo fans and, and even his fans, just the first time really since his injury. He looked good. He looked physical. He looked uh, you know quick and decisive, and, and he just looked like a like a good solid running back. And I think uh, it's kind of a luxury to have those you know three guys and Kovac, Seymour, and Kalkin, so they all bring something kind of different to the table and. They should form a really good, uh, you know, run game for Toledo. Yeah, he says here he was only a three-star coming out of out of high school, and normally Toledo gets the three stars, maybe three and a half star uh, players. Uh, the the thing is, it looks seems like how's the how's the I gotta ask you how's the line this year? Is the line gonna be pretty decent for offense and defense? I think the offensive line is like they usually do. They have a lot of a lot of depth and a lot of. You know, big bodies they can kind of slide in. You know, some of them are coming back from injury, which will be interesting to see. You know how they they recover from that. But again, they're deep and and, and pretty talented. Um, you know, they lost the two tackles from last year in Brent, Brent Weiss and uh, Elijah Conza, so they have to replace you know those guys that tackle. But they have they have plenty of, of talent, you know, to do so and. and they might even use a little bit of a rotation on the on the offensive line as well. Now we got they got all the stuff for offense. They got the running backs, as you mentioned before. They got pretty much three running backs, a slew of receivers they can go to. But the question mark, do you think, might be holding them back? And maybe the reason why I think a lot of teams or a lot of coaches or media pick them to be second is because it's that question mark at quarterback. Yeah, I think so for sure. I mean, it's an unknown and. You know, despite having all the, you know, the weapons in the world, which it seems like they really do, um, the quarterback still has to perform. And if the quarterback leads the offense, and they they kind of, you know, orchestrate everything, obviously, and got to have a good, you know, steady presence at at the position. And you know, it's a big it's a big question mark. Um, but I think guys, I think both Guadani and Peters can can be, you know, solid and effective at, at quarterback. It's just a matter of can they get the you know can they get the ball to those playmakers and kind of you know manage the the offense that um, kind of the high powered offense that Toledo usually has? Now, what's your prediction for the season right now? Do you think they win the division or do you think they kind of come up a little short? Yeah, I mean, I take them second behind Northern Illinois just because of. You know, a few of the questions they had, you know, defense and uh, the question of quarterback. But it's hard to, just looking at the schedule, I mean, they don't have to play Ohio. So it sets up kind of nicely. They get, you know, Buffalo is actually kind of a sleeper team in the East. And they get them at home. You know, they do have to travel to Northern, which can be tough. But if they, I mean, if they get come away with, you know, two, Conference loss or something like that because they, I mean, they should be right there with with Northern. It just depends on kind of how it, it plays out. So, I mean, looking at the schedule, they all seem like winnable games for Toledo. But you know that things change during the season, and it doesn't always play out like you think it will. So, I think they'll have another really successful season. Um, I did pick Northern to finish ahead of them going to Mac class. I think that I, I think it comes down. I really think it comes down to what happens in these first four games. 
Um, yes. If they play very well and they get some confidence and they come away injury-free, um, yeah. then I think the Rockets could do a really good job and actually probably win the West. And I'm not trying to say that to be a Toledo homer as we got uh, Brian Bucket here from the Toledo Blade here on After Further Review. But, it's, but to <laughs> me, they have so many weapons – and I've seen in years yeah. past where the Rockets have had maybe like two quarterbacks, like an Austin Denton and Terrell Owens. And it, it, yeah. it kind of does work in the MAC sometimes where teams have to game plan for two different skill sets. Um, but I think eventually with all those weapons that they have, um, you could almost, I guess, be like a possession quarterback where you're not going to be Logan Woodside. You're not going to be making a lot of plays. Just don't screw up hand the ball off, and make sure that you're accurate with your passes, and I think they can go very far. Now, that's easier said than done, obviously, as I'm here on the mic talking. But if the quarterback can do that and the defense kind of gels, I think the Rockets could, in a sense, even though they're the defending champions, could probably be, be the sleeper this year. Your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely, yeah. I don't know if they're really a sleeper at this point because they consistently been picked at the, you know, the top of that you know, the, the conference and, you know, these preseason rankings and everything. But, you know, yeah, I think if the quarterback, you know, can manage the, manage the game, just get the ball out to the receivers and maybe let the running back, you know, running the game, kind of do its, uh, do its thing, I think they, they should be fine. And, and the defense, you know, there's talented players at every level of the defense, really. And uh, they're turning, I think, six starters even from, from last year's, Defense, I believe, and it's a unit that kind of tends to get overlooked. But by the end of the season last year, they were playing very well. So, um, yeah, I think this team definitely has the potential to, to win the to win the conference. Um, it'll just kind of be a, a matter of, like you said, maybe if they stay healthy after that not conference slate, and maybe the quarterback, you know, get some confidence. You know, Miami is a tough game, so maybe that's a, a rough one, but. They can get some confidence against you know Nevada and Fresno State. That might set up the team really well for the for the next season. Mm, man, uh, it's great talking some rocket football for you. What's coming up next for you, Brian? Um, headed over to UT has their own uh, media day today later on, so I'm headed over there and doing some interviews with players and coaches. So. Is this the first this year? They've never heard of UT having their own media day. Yeah, I think they did it last year. I can't remember. Um, just kind of an opportunity to get the you know coach and players in front of the in front of the media, I guess. Um, you know, I don't know if it'll be much different really than what we learned from that media day. So <laughs> I think they did do it last year because I thought to myself, it's two weeks. You know, you had Mac Media Day two weeks ago. What 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 new information right. are you going to get? Right. I think they, they kind of sync it up with today the first day of camp, so they kind of do that. Well, Pair it up with you know, make it the same day. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, at least UT is not like Ohio State in the situation that they've got going on. At least I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a whole other discussion for. Uh, <laughs> yeah, another. Day. I guess they're, they're not letting media talk to the players right now. So. Okay. Well, Brian, as usual. <laughs> Good stuff, and uh, man, have a good weekend, man. All right, you too. Thanks a lot. Yep, that was Brian Bucky from Two Little Blade as we try to give you your Rocket Football preview for you here on eighty-eight point three WSUT's After Further Review. Uh, it's been uh, been been pretty uh, pretty cool uh, t- uh, today, anyway. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick 
commercial break and then when we return it's going to be a very interesting after further review as we've got a couple of good topics to talk about besides rocket football we got david the man of god harris's afc nfc east preview we did the the uh nfc afc north preview last weekend and uh, make sure you check that out on our podcast you can make sure you check the podcast out on wxut after further review on soundcloud and just after further review on itunes coming up next we've got more after further review is frank vashner and david the man of god harris call in and we're going to discuss some topics from the nfl to the ohio state urban meyer uh, some people would say debacle i would say just mess a lot of mess going on down there uh down in the co or c bus as some people like to call it anyway we'll be back after this here on 88.3 wxut Oh, 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 o